Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Today, I speak with Bob Belkowski. Bob is the chief executive of Logicalis Group, a global IT services company with some 7,000 employees around uh, 20 plus countries. Uh, Bob is um, somebody I've worked with for a long time, um, with him and with his team as a client. And uh, he's a really, really interesting leader. He's somebody who has a real sense of uh, empathy and, but also an incredible sense of drive and focus on transformation. In this episode, we, we talk about uh, his career, uh, how he moved uh, outside of tech into tech, uh, the advantages and the challenges that brought and um, how he has been using storytelling and other techniques to really increase commitment and ownership throughout the organization. So enjoy this conversation with Bob Belkowski of Logicalis. Hello, Bob. Hi, Richard. Hey, it's, uh, it's good to see you. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, I'm actually recording this uh, in a very different background. It's a different white wall than my usual white wall. Um, I'm uh, I'm in Brittany. Uh, it's half term here where we're recording it, but um, it's great to it's great to speak to you. Um, yeah, we've worked quite a lot together, so I'm really pleased uh, and excited to have you on the podcast because I know you've got a lot of interesting things to share. I'm really excited to get stuck into this. I'm I'm pleased that you're in a different environment. I'm in exactly the same room. That I've been in for the last 12 months so nice yeah. nice to hear that you've got a change of scenery well it's probably going to switch right France is probably going to go on lockdown and you guys in the UK will be able to uh, get out hopefully uh, soon freedom mm. yeah so it's it's a uh, yeah it's the world we live in at the moment well well let's let's dive in are we going as as I've explained this season is around CEO success formulae and it's where we're going to look at your personal strategy for creating impact and getting into some of the stories behind that so before we go any further, why don't you just give everybody a quick uh, elevator pitch of, you know, who is Bob Belkowski and uh, you're the CEO of Logicalis. So what is Logicalis and, and how did you get there? Um, OK, yes. So, yes, I'm Bob Belkowski, uh, the chief exec of the Logicalis group. Uh, Logicalis is an international business. We're in 27 countries now and we provide our customers with modern technology infrastructure solutions and managed services. And I've been with the Logicalis Group for six years now in a variety of roles. I joined as Chief Financial Officer in 2015. And after a few years of doing that role, I became the Chief Operating Officer for a couple of years. And I became the Chief Exec on the 1st of March, 2020. I mean, literally just a few weeks before the world went into a pandemic-induced lockdown. 
Um, so for the last 12 months, as I say, I've been in this very room where I'm talking to you from now. Um, before joining Logicalis, actually, I had a, the, the opportunity to work in a variety of different industries outside of the technology world. Um, I worked for the travel industry for several years. That was a role based in Florida uh, in the USA. That was uh, very exciting. Um, and before that, I worked for another completely different industry, the plumbing and heating industry. And I uh, worked for that company for many years, but based in Zurich um, in Switzerland. So I've done a variety of international roles. I mean, right back to the earliest part of my career where I started with Price Waterhouse, um, and I did several years for them based in Australia. So I've enjoyed the international aspects of my role. And it's great to be with an international business so that in normal times, I get to travel and, and, and see my teams around the world and see them operating in their own environments. It's that's really interesting, right? Because um, you're now running this um, digital transformation company uh, in the tech sector. And yet you've, you've also got this um, variety, both in terms of being not just CEO now, but also COO, CFO, finance background, and then also this industry diversity. And it's interesting, there can be a bit of uh, a bit of snobbery, perhaps in the tech sector, right, which is like, you know, if you're not a hardened engineer through and through, um, then, you know, can you, you know, can you really make it in the sector, right? Um, and and yet, you know, seeing you know, in you, there's somebody who's, say, you're in plumbing and and, and other areas, uh, yeah. and now are kind of making it in in um, in tech in technology. So I just kind of wonder, you know, how do you look at that? How do you look at that um, that journey? You know, was that a was that a hard shift when you went when you changed sector, or did you find that your success formally, if you like? is independent of the sector, right? I mean, is, is, is it a benefit to have that diversity or, um, or is it actually, you know, a hurdle to overcome? I think, I think it's both in, in many respects. I think there are some similarities between the business models uh, in the various industries that I've worked in. I mean, it's not directly overlapping, but there are some similarities, um, which is helpful. But clearly the, the end product is very, very different. Um, so you, you have to, in order to succeed, you have to have the willingness uh, and the capability to to learn, um, mm. particularly in the tech world, right, where um, things are changing on a daily basis. Change is essentially the norm in the technology industry. And, you know, our, our clients, we help them with their transformation. So, you know, change is a constant feature. And if you're not, if you don't have that sort of open mind and that willingness to learn, then, then you're not going to succeed in any case. And I think from my perspective, having demonstrated that I could be successful in a variety of different industries, that kind of implies that willingness to learn, that sort of growth mindset uh, approach. I think that's really helped me in my career to date, you know, absolutely. Um, but I think the other thing as well, Richard, is that, if, that, that, that variety of industries has shown me or has exposed me, I guess, to a variety of different sort of business issues and different sort of people too. Mm. And so you have to have this element of adaptability in terms of how you deal with those different people. Um, and there are different people, different cultures within the Logicalis group uh, too. I mean, we've grown by acquisition. So that ability to um, adapt your um, presentation of yourself Dependent, mm. dependent on the audience, I think is also something that's helped me quite a lot in my career today. Mm. 
Yeah, as you said that, what I'm thinking about is like this whole idea of triangulation, because we live in a world that's so complex and multifaceted and, and uncertain that, you know, one perspective is really limiting, right? It's like when you see one of these many dimensions and we can get different perspectives by working for different companies or perhaps in different cultures, uh, but also in different industries or in different positions within the firm. So I think it's, it's interesting to think actually that in a very stable environment, probably all the years of experience gathered up in one in one niche really helps. But actually when there's fast change and uncertainty, actually being able to kind of look at those different perspectives from like, you know, how would the people in the plumbing sector have looked at this, right? Or how would people in Australia or India or whatever, you know, what that, that, that um, rounded view probably comes in in handy and i think actually you know over the last 12 months in the, in, in, the, in the period of the pandemic that we've all been living through globally um it's really given me an ability to communicate with with everybody because that's been so important over the last 12 months hmm. um, that sort of diverse experience has helped me um communicate in, in a in an empathetic way with everybody around the group whether you're based in australia or the USA, or Peru, or Indonesia, you know, wherever you are around our group, I've had conversations with pretty much every team around the world. There were 7,000 employees, so sometimes you think that communication can be difficult, and actually, normally, I guess, in big organizations, you would communicate via, I don't know, email or something like that. Mm. But what I've found over the last 12 months, something that's really resonated with the organization is, is having video calls, with different teams around the world really helps motivate and lift people up. Um, and I think that has also, that comfortableness with that sort of approach is something that I've developed uh, partially because of that diversity of my career and the ability to speak to different people in different organizations. Mm. Yeah, nice, nice. And obviously, I get a bit of a, uh, I have a bit of a cheating insight on you, of course, because we work together, you yes. know, I've coached you a bit, I've worked with some of your team. Uh, and so I, you know, I know some of your, your strengths as a leader. And I know that that whole uh, humanity, the, the person, the empathy, the ability to connect, I think that has been a mark of your leadership, definitely in the time that I've known you over the last couple of years. Uh, but what else do you think? What else do you think? Um, is part of your success source, right? Your secret source. What other things, you know, have taken you from that, you know, original finance career, perhaps, you know, all the way through to this chief executive level? Yeah, I think um, beyond the, you know, the willingness to learn, um, I think, you know, one of my other sort of strengths or developed strengths, let's say, is, uh, is coupled with that. And it's the ability to, to listen, um, you know, what do they say that you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason and you should use them in proportion? And I, I, I really believe that. Um, I don't think you can make um, decisions, you know, conclude on decisions. I don't think you can develop as an individual. I don't think you can learn or rather the easiest way to learn is if you give people the opportunity to talk and you don't stifle debate. But that, that's not to say that, um, you know, that my teams feel comfortable talking incessantly about nonsense and I, and I tolerate that no not at all but I'm perfectly willing and open to listen to alternative points of view particularly on the really important issues like you know strategic questions um, how do we transform our organization how do we um, help a specific customer with their transform transformation issues um, you know there's never one right answer to these things and I think the ability to open up debates and the ability to listen 
but then of course the ability to conclude um, is a you know is another sort of factor uh, that's that's led me to to this position and you know as a consequence of that willingness to learn and that um, willingness to listen um, I think the you know the the engineers in the organisation um, that you referenced earlier mm. really respect that and I think mm. they you know they really appreciate that you know there's there's somebody leading the organisation that is open minded uh, and um, uh, whilst there is a vision in place. Uh, everything, absolutely everything, has to be adaptable. We have to be pragmatic, and I think that sort of approach has resonated really nicely with the organisation. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. How do you manage to do that? Do you have? Does it just is that just something that comes naturally, or are there moments where you kind of have to hold back, perhaps, on your own agenda or things that you think really need to be done in order to listen? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a great phrase that you've used several times in, in many of our coaching sessions, which I which I really love, and it's that slowing down to speed up uh, mm. piece. So, you know, like everybody, uh, I think, uh, in the world, um, it's always tempting. I'm always tempted to form a conclusion before we've had the debate, and you you can come in with some preconceived ideas, and it's it's very difficult to to stifle. Um, you know that cry of everybody be quiet i've got the answer um but but you have to do that you have to force that uh, inside of you and uh, uh, and not let that out um because it's highly likely that during the course of the debate your original preconception will be will be changed and, sh and will shift dramatically um and so if you if you don't have that ability to stay quiet to just slow down and not not leap mm. to the con leap to the answer or the conclusion in advance if you if you can't do that then then it's likely that you'll get to the wrong conclusion um i always think it's worthwhile hearing people out and hearing their perspectives now sometimes you know admittedly to get the debate going you have to be a little bit provocative occasionally mm. and uh, and that means that sometimes you might have to put your idea on the table or put something that's you know um uh stretching for the organization to accept to get them to to, to push back and debate more freely overall because you've got to get the the, the mm. discussion going in the first instance yeah. but um but, you know that's that's the hardest thing is to sort of stifle that that cry that i've got the answer um and yeah. uh, so it's not easy i mean none of it's easy um it, even the idea about learning i mean it sounds very nice right mm. you know i love to learn um of course who doesn't love to learn but i think even that is if if it's not difficult then i think you're not you're not pushing yourself you're not learning in mm. reality mm. i mean you play the guitar right richard yes right and, yeah. uh, you know you, you might if you if you're lucky you have an hour at the weekend to practice and mm. and if you're anything like me you might just strum some tunes that you know already and feel pretty satisfied with that but you're not really learning you're not really sort no. of stretching yourself you're not really developing yourself um it's i think it's something that is you know mentally mm. draining to learn things yeah it's meant to be this learning yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Learning is really a, it's this idea of deliberate practice, right? Where you're just at the edge of your competency, uh, or your incompetency, in fact. So, <laughs> yes. you know, you are you kind of like it's on the musical example would be you're practicing scales, but you're going a bit too fast, just slightly too fast. So, you're focusing and you can't quite do it, you know, and then you restart, you try it again until you can do it. And it's that that actually builds the capability. Whereas, if we just yeah. stay back within our comfort zone and play the scales at you know the speed that we're totally comfortable with we don't we're not actually learning anything at that point 
agree totally, agree totally. And what we know when I joined Logicalis six years ago, not having a deep tech background, mm. um, it was it was initially sort of kind of emotionally challenging mm. to reach out to the organization and, and ask questions, you know, please help me understand why cloud computing is so attractive to our mm. customers or, or, or please help me understand more about how artificial intelligence and data analytics can help an organization advance you know you know there's 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 a feeling that actually everyone expects you to know the answers to all these questions and um i think it was refreshing for the organizations when i when i did put mm. you know front up and and admit that i i had to learn just as much as them but i found it really hard um not just as i say emotionally to reach out in the first you know, get over that sort of feeling of of embarrassment perhaps but but also um, it was the concepts that we were discussing were, were challenging and tricky. So, so learning um, more about those concepts um, was difficult. But that, but you know, as you said, that's the essence of learning. If, if yeah. it's not difficult, you're not really stretching yourself. Hello, it's Richard here with a quick interlude. These conversations are all about upgrading how you think about creating impact. So here's a resource to help you do just that whilst staying fast and focused. The CEO's Checklist for Challenging Times is a quick way to enhance your thinking and detect blind spots, even when things are moving incredibly fast and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You can get this powerful checklist of 17 world-class strategies by heading to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash challenging times checklist with a hyphen between each of those three last words. Now, Back to the conversation. Yeah, and I know that you're somebody who's you know, is gives yourself a high bar, right? You know, you we've talked about you know your own you know your your running, for example, right? Where you're kind of somebody um, beats you on whatever the Strava app or whatever, then you're going to game on, right? And and uh, we'll want to kind of um, kind of uh, go for it, right? And improve your own time. And so I think that that kind of drive, right, that we see in both learning um, and probably in your own career broadly is probably something that's propelled you forward as well yeah i mean that that sort of competitiveness um and uh high standards let's say um is is something that um that has always been you know part of my um uh, uh life right from an early academic career all the way through to to my to my working career um but it's but it's, I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy setting myself very, very difficult challenges and hopefully surpassing them. But it's all about the journey, right? It's all about yeah. the, you know, the, the process you go to beating that, that high bar. And yeah. even if you don't make it, you know, you'll have learned a tremendous amount on the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, um, one of the things I'd love to dive in with you a bit uh, today, Bob, is this idea about... Um, building commitment uh, in an organization. You know, you joined, um, well, you became chief executive, as you say, just before COVID um, kind of hit around the world. So, you know, your own ability to travel and motivate the troops and uh, at least face-to-face has obviously got, was obviously cut off pretty much at that point. Um, and I know, you know, from our previous discussions that, you know, this idea of of creating a vision and creating something that's meaningful, you know, is, is important. So, you know, how have you found that? You know, what's your experience been of trying to uh, release commitment in in the organization, uh, you know, when, from behind a screen? 
Yes, I mean that's that's been a challenge in its own right from from behind the screen. And, and yeah, although I've been with the group now for six years, so I know you know many of the, uh, the seven thousand colleagues really well. Um, uh, I don't know everybody, and I, I I hold my hand up and say I haven't even visited all of the twenty seven countries that we that we operate in. Um, also, you know, I didn't I didn't found the organisation. Um, it was founded over twenty years ago by uh, my chairman. And we've grown by acquisition, and that means that you know we've got a variety of different cultures and different, mm. uh, not just sort of um, geographical cultures, um, but also organisational cultures in place. So all, all of those things were um, potential barriers mm. to being able to to, you know, to release commitment within the organisation to get everybody behind the goals that that I had for the um, for the organisation that my my executive team had for the organisation, but. I mean, what I what I did focus on was creating a common sense of purpose within you know within mm -hmm. within the Logicalist group. Um, for all those reasons that I just mentioned, it was it was difficult to find a clear common purpose. But we really focused on that as a as a team, and as you know, I've you know personally focused on that quite hard over the last twelve months. I think if you can if you can help people find purpose in their work, that in itself. Is a is a you know a clearly motivating factor, and the way I've characterised it within our organisation is that our purpose is to remove complexity from our clients' operating environment, allowing them to focus on their mission, you know, their purpose mm. overall. And when I talk to my organisation about it, I, I, I try to bring that to life with a couple of um, case studies, you know, real life mm -hmm. examples of where we've enabled that outcome. For a client, so can, can you, yeah, 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 give me an example. It'd be great to kind of hear about how you take that. You know, I get it. Reducing complexity, help your customers focus on what's important for them. Yeah, how do you bring that to life? What would be the kind of story well, that you? Well, no, you're, you're absolutely right there, Richard. You know, um, removing complexity from a client's operating environment and allowing them to focus on their mission is not something that really uh, makes people jump out of bed and go to work. It's a little bit dry. So I like to bring it to life with, you know, some stories um sometimes and and one story in particular that i you know I, I like to tell is that one day we we took a course about 18 months ago from a from a cio who was the cio for a public sector d department in one of our overseas territories and him and his chief executive were responsible along with the rest of the department for providing care services to the most vulnerable members of that society that's people like victims of domestic abuse or or kids that need special support or the homeless, you know, really vulnerable members of society. And, and the trouble was that caseworkers were so bogged down with administrative tasks and paperwork that they weren't able to spend as much time as they would have liked helping those vulnerable members of that society. So we engaged with that organization. We understood the outcome that they wanted to achieve, which was they wanted their caseworkers to spend more time working with the vulnerable people. And we re-engineered their whole IT operating environment to make it much more simple. We create an application for caseworkers to submit their reports more easily. And the end outcome of this was that, you know, those caseworkers were indeed able to spend far more time supporting those vulnerable members of society. So I say to my organization, you, you made that outcome happen. You should be so proud of yourselves because you took away that complexity that was preventing that organization deliver on its own goals. And as a consequence, you've contributed to helping the vulnerable members in that 
in that local jurisdiction. Mm. Um, and stories like that really resonate uh, with, you know, with, with the organization around the world. And so, you know, that's why I like to bring it to life with, with, with that sort of storytelling activity. That's, you know, the, one of the best ways, I think, to, to bring commitment and motivation out of people. Yeah, it's really interesting because I actually heard a couple of things there. The, the first thing was actually, you know, the, one of the other impact multipliers is eliminating noise. And in a sense, what you're doing is helping your customers eliminate the noise of all the admin in that case, right? So that they were freed up for their next level of, of impact, right? Um, and But then the other thing I heard is that, yeah, there's that emotional side, right? Like this is not just a an IT uh, infrastructure project. You know, it is that, but it's also um this real outcome in real people's lives and i think when you can tap into that then people start to see the why um yes well yeah, you know i know absolutely. when i was at cisco you know john chambers you know ceo of cisco at the time was you know would always be telling these kind of stories right of um you know this is what Cisco's plumbing, effectively, <laughs> right internet plumbing routers and switches in the network this was actually the outcome um and it was incredible because people really started to make the connection and realize, yeah, this is, you know, it's not just a box with flashing lights that we're selling here. It's actually an outcome in the real world, which is. Which yeah, is so I mean, that, powerful. that's the powerful thing, right? I mean, everything that every organization does delivers, you know, an outcome that ultimately uh, has an emotional or, or a powerful connection with the employees. But it's actually finding the stories that you can tell mm. to bring that to life. That's one of the harder parts. Um, so, you know, as I said earlier, that's something that I've really focused on over the last 12 months of being chief exec. It's it's, it's tricky to, um, to, you know, to create a purpose for an organization. So it wasn't about, you know, trying to make something up. It was about trying to find the essence of what we do and demonstrate it with, with, with real life examples. And mm. with, uh, you know, we've had some success in that area. And again, I think another thing that's worth drawing out of that is one of my concepts is, I think, you know, is this idea of high value activities, right? It's, you know, I would say, what's the phone call you can make? What's the one thing you can do that's going to have this huge impact? And it actually, like finding that story is a high value activity, right? It might feel, you know, I'm sitting here with my, you know, scratching my head, trying to think of a story or trying to find a good example to make this point. But actually, that's going to be implanted in all these employees, 7,000 employees, memory yes. and, and and motivation and everything else. Um, it could be easy to think, oh, I'll just do some emails, right? Or I'll just, you know, write my report or whatever else I've got to be doing. But actually slowing down to find a story that actually is meaningful, that moves you and will move other people. It's I think it's a nice example of uh, a nice high value activity that, that pays off. There's a related aspect to, to what you say there, and I totally agree with you. And it's on, on the, the, the high value activity of communication. And mm. what I've learned over the last 12 months being chief executive, which I'd never really um, had exposure to in the past, is, is, this, is this, this, this reality that you can't over communicate. You know, I've told that story so many times within our organization, but um, the num the, it's not that people get bored of it, or it's not that people don't listen first time, but by repeating our purpose and bring it to life with similar stories over and over again, I think it helps drive clearer alignment you know, across mm -hmm. the entire organization. And, it, and, it's, and it's demonstrable by our actions and not just a bunch of words that I put together. Um, so that communication piece is something that I've really had to uh, grapple with 
over the last 12 months, not least because of you know the, the pandemic-induced um, lockdown environments that we're all operating in. So let's um, let's kind of wrap things up a little bit as we go to um, the future, really, Bob. Because I think you know we've we've heard some great stuff there, right? Around these high-value activities, storytelling, communications, working on you know the outcome that creates commitment. We've talked about your ability to set yourself hard challenges, to continue to learn, um, to um, to bring that diversity of experience to bear on, on new problems, to be open and listening, you know, all this great stuff. Let's talk about the future though. What's, how would you love to multiply your own impact or, or possibly the impact of, of the company uh, you know, in the coming months or the coming years? Where's the next step for you? Well, um... We have a, a sort of an organizational objective um, that we're all aligned on now, um, and it's to grow our existing cloud services business by 10 times. It's a reasonable size already. And, and actually, when you look at it across the world, arguably, it's one of the leading uh, cloud services businesses. But we think there's an opportunity to grow that by 10 times over the next five years. And mm -hmm. That's that's a really that's a really stretching and mm. challenging goal. But hey, if we get to nine times, it'll still be a success, right? So oh, yeah. the ten times is what we're aiming for, and that that requires a different kind of thinking. And actually, what it really requires is um, some kind of transformation uh, within the mm. organisation, not just from a performance perspective, but in terms of how we um, know, how we think about ourselves, how we align ourselves with the market, and so on, and. We've got a variety of different cultures. We've got mm. 7,000 colleagues around the group. So, you know, you might think it's, you know, it's a real challenge. And of course it is. But, you know, we consider ourselves to be the architects of change, you know, in our, in our customers' minds. Mm. And that's how we sell our services. You know, we can, we can enable your digital transformation. We can be the architect of your change. So we help thousands of customers with that every year. Um, so we're good at this, mm. right? But that doesn't mean that you can relax uh, and that you can just, you know, forget discipline in terms of your own transformation. So clear communication is absolutely critical to delivering that aim. That's not just in terms of explaining to people why we think 10 times is the right level to pitch our ambition at, you know, with facts and figures. It's about winning hearts and minds as well and, and, and pointing out that, um, um, that the market is shifting. Of course, so too. And so how we how what you need to do differently in that new game, right? In that 10x cloud transformation, you know, how how are you gonna need to perhaps adjust adjust your success formula or do something different or let go of something or take on a new role? What 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 comes to mind? Yeah, I mean I mean, for me, it's all around the point you mentioned earlier about eliminating noise. Hmm. I'm 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 um prone to uh thinking that i can solve any problem that anybody puts in front of me so it's a question of just streamlining my inbox and streamlining my focus on delivering that huge strategic goal that we have mm -hmm. as an organization that's not to say that um uh, other things are uh, less meaningful or less important for the organization it's just that my focus has to be on that transformational activity overall and um, and I have to find others in my organization that are capable of solving those other problems that arise on a day-to-day -day basis overall. So it's all around, it's all around me letting go of that um, uh, desire to solve 
everything mm. from the small to the large and putting those things to one side and focusing on delivering just a very few number of really impactful strategic goals, one of which being mm. you know, grow our cloud services business by 10 times over the next five years. Uh, and that's, 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 that is a real challenge for me. And that is something that requires absolute discipline uh, on a daily basis uh, from me overall. So my behaviors are changing and have changed, but will have to continue to change as I focus more on them um, on those high value add activities. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I think that's a really well, you've really captured a, a common issue in really nice language there. I think this idea of, um, you know, most leaders, especially when they've got to the chief executive level are great problem solvers and they probably can solve most problems very well or at least adequately in you know, across the whole business uh, with their business acumen, right? But it doesn't mean they should be the one solving those problems. And it, those things will take your take your eye off the bigger the bigger prizes to be gained. And I think just uh, the way you describe that dilemma, um, yeah, really resonated with me. I see it in my clients all the time. And I think oh, one of the first areas to work on is that, right? It's about what's really the lever that only you can pull in this business, and that's the one you need to be focused on. Ooh, so, yeah, agreed. thank you for that. Well, hey, Bob, um, thanks for spending this time with me. If people want to find out a bit more about, you know, get in touch with you or find out more about Logicalis, how should they best do that? Um, well, they can find us on our website, which is logicalis.com. Um, they can also find their local, regional organization through that logicalis.com website. But if anybody wants to reach out to me directly, then the best way to do that will be via a direct message on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me as Robert Belkowski on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Bob. I've, I've enjoyed our conversation that's taken us, uh, you know, spanning across um, industries and, um, um, and geographies. Um, you've got us onto 10x thinking, um, a lot of really interesting things to be thinking about. So appreciate your time and uh, speak to you soon. Pleasure. Thanks, Richard. All the best. Thanks. Bye now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.